Thompson. On the show today, we are joined by two experts from Barfoot and Thompson. First of all, Kerry Kerwin chats to us about West Auckland as an investment market and what investors and tenants should look out for when choosing their new home. Plus, Megan O'Callaghan, in-house advisor, is here to answer your questions. Welcome to Property Matters. Kia ora and welcome to Property Matters. I'm Stephen Dello. It's fantastic to have you back and listening to us, whether you're listening live on Planet FM, which is every Monday at 4.15, or perhaps you've tuned in from one of our fabulous podcast sites like Spotify. It's fantastic to have you here. And don't forget, this is very much your show. And today we are answering some of your questions that you've emailed in to propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Speaking of barfoot.co.nz, a massive thank you to Barfoot and Thompson for sponsoring the show and we're looking forward to another exciting episode today. A couple of things have caught my eye in the media over the last couple of weeks and one being the cost of rent reaching a national high record of $595 per week on average according to the latest Trade Me Property data. Trade Me Property Sales Director Gavin Lloyd said the latest figures from January mark a $25 a week jump when compared to the same time last year. Uh, Auckland's hitting 630 now, Bay of Plenty 615, Northland and Taranaki 580, Marlborough 550, Waikato 540 and Wellington 660, all seeing the highest median weekly rents for all time. That's recorded from January. And of course, with the devastation from Cyclone Gabriel so widespread, the government will be expecting thousands of New Zealanders needing to find new homes, uh, not just those that have lost their homes, but of course, all the construction workers needed to rebuild not just homes, but roads and infrastructure, putting lots of pressure on a rental market that is definitely at its peak. So watch this space. We'll keep you abreast of all the news as it comes to hand. Another one that was interesting was a secret under the line mortgage rate discounting war that has erupted between banks as they struggle to hit home loan sales targets. Now, this is according to independent economist Tony Alexandra, who says the banks are heavily discounting the one and two year fixed rate behind closed doors. He said one bank was offering 4.99% for one year rates for customers coming through brokers, but advertising a much higher rate to its existing customers. The BNZ confirmed it had a limited time offer of 4.99 for a one-year fixed-term home loans um, brought to it by its mortgage brokers. So he's Tony Alexander's keeping an eye on the space and we'll keep an eye on it too. Now, first up on this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Kerry Kerwin, who is the Head of Property Management for Barfoot & Thompson's Glen Eden branch. Welcome to the show, Kerry. Thank you very much, Stephen. Pleasure to Thanks. be here. It's great to have you here. Now, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your own journey in real estate that led up to ending up in Glen Eden. Sure. Um, well, my uh, background prior to getting into property management um, was in human resources and recruitment. And I had a change of direction about eight years ago. Um, I was actually recruiting a role for um, a property management firm and ended up taking it on. Uh, so I joined a national franchise uh, specialist property management company as business development manager. And I was there five and a half years and just was ready for the next challenge and talked to you, Stephen, at that stage. And you referred me to Glen Eden, which was kind of quite serendipitous because I live in the suburb next door. So for the first time in my life, 
um, I've got about a seven minute commute to work. So that's a big plus. But yeah, no, so uh, joined and true Westie. So happy to be here in the West as well. So from business development manager, so for our listeners, somebody that's out there trying to bring in the new business and now head of property management, what's been the biggest sort of head shift for you? Well, I I do manage a small portfolio, so um, I am operational. So that's a challenge, mixing the operational and the strategic. I did run my own business for about 30 years. So in terms of staff and and functionality and accounts and things like that, um, I've you know, that that's not new. But coming to grips with Barfit and Barfit Systems as well, we, we run a fairly complex um, property management software system. So that's a, a, a been a learning challenge, but um, we're there. But otherwise, yeah, no, everyone's been really, really supportive. Fantastic. What is it that you love so much about property management to keep you involved in the industry? Um, well, look, who doesn't like real estate, really, and, and property? Um, I used to have investment properties. I haven't got them now. So at, at that stage, um, initially, I managed my own, and then I realized I was very under-equipped and under-motivated, really, to, to want to be a self-sufficient uh, landlord. So I, I did use property managers at that stage, and I just found it interesting and, and in some degrees, fascinating with uh, the amount of change that's been going on of recent mm-hmm. times. So I've probably been quite fortuitous that I've joined it in the middle of the maelstrom of change. So um, it, it, I've just gone with it. Um, so, you know, that, that's that been a very interesting um, and, and almost an intellectual learning challenge as well um, if we look at healthy homes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, thinking along the lines of that change and other things, what do you think is one of the hardest sort of areas, I guess, that landlords or issues that landlords are facing today? If you're a private landlord trying to manage your own property, what what's the hardest part? Well, uh, you know, interest rates going up and things like that, you know, that's a given. And my, my advice always, always, always is to get professional help and advice and to have a good accountant and have good people in your team. Um, but in terms of just keeping up to date, with what's going on, it's my job to do that. So if you're a private landlord and that's all you do, great. But if you're trying to balance a career and a family, I would challenge you to be able to keep up to date the way that I can do and also I'm supported to do by Barfits, particularly with, as I said before, healthy homes, um, changes in the last two years to tenancy law, the rights of tenants, how to make sure that, you know, you've got people on the right type of rental agreements and also to understand with tenancy services um, what their tolerance level is for anything that you're putting forward. So, you know, if it unfortunately gets to that stage that you've got the best chance of winning Um, and we do it all the time. And again, as a private landlord, you know, the economies of scale aren't really there either for that sort of timing to be spent. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's been lots of talk lately, especially on our show, around mortgage and tax increases. How do you, as as a branch, make sure you're getting the best return on investment for landlords? Well, you know, we we hopefully can have, you know, honest dialogue with them um, so that we understand the pressures they're under because everyone's under pressure financially with um, inflation and, and interest rates, of course. But I think the important thing is to really keep an eye on the market for their property in terms of rent. I um, did a presentation to the Property Investors Association a wee while ago, and my message to them was to perhaps look at it as a percentage increase rather than just the traditional, let's charge $10 or 
twenty dollars or whatever it is, um, because that way um, you are much more aware of the cost of you know inflation against your return, um, and also talk to the property manager and understand whether your tenants are going to be able to be tolerant to whatever increase it is as well, because some people are. Um, you know, living life on the edge and that could tip them over and the cost then of, you know, if tenants um, can't sustain a rent increase, what that means yeah, to the owner. So Especially if you've having... got good tenants, you've got to weigh that up, you know, as well. It's good tenants need looking after. Oh, absolutely. But look, anyone living at the moment in the current economy, um, if they haven't had a rent increase, say, for two or three years, you know, I don't believe they would be surprised if they yeah. got something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're not necessarily doing anyone a favour um, to your own disadvantage is the message that I give. And also um, a little bit more money might help you um, spend more money on the property to improve your investment as well. And we're really aware of that. You know, we, we take it very seriously that we're managing millions and millions of dollars worth of people's investments. So, you know, we want to do the best job to keep that investment, you know, ticking over as well as it can as well. Mm, absolutely. Now, our listeners are all over the country. In fact, we have a lot of Kiwis tuning in all the way from America, Canada, London, okay. Australia. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You're based in West Auckland. So now your job is to tell us what it is that you love about West Auckland um, as an area so much. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, Westies are proud. Yeah, we are. We absolutely are. Yeah. And Funny enough, I, I live in Green Bay and we have a sign there that says Green Bay where the West begins. Yeah. And I actually quote that. People say, no, it doesn't. And I said, we have a really old sign. It does. Yeah. So <laughs> we're so proud. We actually say we're the start of the West. But it, it's so diverse. You know, if I just look at Glen Eden um, it, as one suburb, it goes right the way to the foothills of the, the you know, the Waitakere Ranges. We've got apartment blocks next to the train station. We've got at least... Um, if you look at West Auckland, um, probably four or five um, train stations that are very, very um, accessible to local communities. So commuting's easy. And I think the old days where, you know, it felt like it was far out. Uh, Auckland's so spread out now. My, my niece commutes from Pocono to the city. So West Auckland is is close. You know, it's it's not a long journey. The pricing um, for property, I think, gives probably the one of the best returns in Auckland if you were looking at rent versus cost to buy. Yeah, that, that's a no-brainer, really. Um, so that's why it makes it a good investment area? Absolutely. And just as a segue, if anyone's overseas, um, I've got a furnished property coming up for a 12-month rental, probably available uh, about July. Um, and it would suit anyone coming out here on a sabbatical or, or just wanting to live somewhere nice in the bush. So just thought I'd put that yeah, in. Nice, nice. Good <laughs> plug there. Well done. Well done. So why do you think, or, no, actually I'll switch that. When do you think a landlord or a new investor should engage with a property manager? At what point in that investment journey should they be talking to someone like yourself? Oh, look, absolutely as soon as possible. Um, I mean, I talk to people before they even buy. A lot of people, particularly if you're not um, a, um, you know, experienced multiple owning investor, you, you potentially aren't always aware of what um, tenants are looking for and what tenants will pay more money in terms of rent for. Um, so have a really good initial discussion with somebody um, perhaps like myself 
I mean, sure, talk to family and friends, but um, they don't always give you um, absolutely um, honest or, or even correct advice for the current market. Mm. Um, the other is I can quote, you know, rental prices off plans. Um, I can review them during the course of um, developments being built. I do that all the time. But talk, talk to us as soon as you can. Um, if you're an owner that's looking at moving out and renting your property, you know, you need to start talking to us at least three months out from your move date so that we can put in place um, a timeline for you um, so that everyone can work cooperatively to, to reduce the downtime once you've moved out. So, yes, it, it, overwhelmingly, the message would be no time's too early, really. Now, without sounding like an infomercial, um, you've worked at, at a number of different companies. What is yep. it that you think Barfoot and Thompson offers your investors that makes you stand out? Look, it, it, it's it's also again a bit of a no-brainer for me because um, you know I've been delighted and surprised with the resources available to me. Where I worked before, we were a franchise, so you were very much you know on your own. Whereas at Barfoot's, we're part of a um, a very, very large company, but you feel like you are part of that. I mean, we're celebrating 100 years in business this year um, and it's a family business. So how wonderful is that, that people are still getting on after three generations that they're working together for a start? So, you know yeah, what I mean? I don't know people... if I'd work with my family for 100 years. <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, how many businesses fold because yeah. people don't get on? Exactly. Um, you know, so that's a, that's a plus. Um, the training is fantastic. Um, the resources, uh, we've got an in-house lawyer that I can ring up at, at any time and have a chat to who is fantastic. Um, look, it, and I think the brand, um, you know, if I think about it, where I worked before, we had some difficult times in the market with our brand and our brand perception as far as being good and caring. Um, and I could never say that about Barfoot. So, I mean, I have no hesitation to say I've not heard bad things about um, us or anything um, in that line. So, that you know, who, who's not proud of that, really? Nice, nice. If we switch now to tenants uh, living in your investment properties, what advice do you have for tenants to look after their rental property so that when those inspections get done, our, our owners and investments are looking and going, yay, this is a good tenant I need to keep. What, what tips and tricks for tenants do you have? Um, look, Every property is different and every um, family and, and, and tenant is different in how they live. Um, some live very, very lightly on the earth. Um, others are big, robust families that, you know, it's their home. Um, I always think, look, again, it's about communication. Um, we're not there to look to see whether your toiletries are nicely arranged on your bathroom shelf or whatever. We're there to look to see if there's link, leaks in the bathroom. We're there to look at what's happening with mould. Um, we're there to look at the back of curtains to see what's happening with mould and dampness. So um, particularly out this way where we are a bit bushy in some places, that that's a, a big, big problem um, if we're not ventilating properties or using dehumidifiers or heat pumps or whatever. So we're there to help um, the tenant live better in the home. We're there to help the home um, you know, function better as a rental property and, and ultimately to, to look after the home for the landlord. Um, maintenance is another one. You know, don't leave it till inspection day to give us a list of 20 things. Um, we've got an app. You can log in, in um, a request for maintenance at any time. So do that. 
um, you know, getting small things done when they're small is much, much easier than to, when it turns into a big, big problem. Look, try and, you know, make it look like, you know, you had vacuum or perhaps done a wee bit of housework before we come um, because, you know, it's again, it's not an interview, but, you know, we, we like to think that you're living um, nicely in the property and that it's looking you know, reasonably like it was when we gave it to yeah, you. Yeah, well, I guess your inspections become the one time the owners get to have a nosy Correct. inside via the photos and things. Yeah. So they want to get a sense that they've got people and they're taking some pride in their space. Correct, yeah. And and we don't like surprises. You know, if you've okay. got no pets on your tenancy agreement, <laughs> we don't want to see a cat in a cat bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have a chat to us first before we get there because, again, um, it, it's being respectful um, and I'm a pet owner so I will do my best to get you a pet over the line but don't make it a surprise yeah, um, yeah. Um, no oh, surprises yeah. no surprises I like that I like that so look at the top of the show tonight we talked about you know the large volume of people looking for properties especially displaced post the cyclone combination in different parts of New Zealand of people who have lost their home needing to, to find one, but also the large number of workers having to come into areas um, mm. to work and insurance workers. I know we've placed mm. a lot of insurance companies and uh, need their staff now around the country. What advice do you give to somebody applying for a property so that they stand out in that application process? Um, again, treat it a little bit like job hunting because um, that is my background. Um, so be again, be as professional as you can, be as organised. If you're going on viewings, um, think simple courtesy things like, you know, don't be late, um, don't turn up. If you're not going to turn up, um, let us know and reschedule. So, you know, be respectful of our time. We're respectful of your time. Um, if you've got um, a tricky situation that you think um, is best explained, perhaps in a um, tenant um, kind of resume or, or um, pre presentation document do that um, I love to see photos of families as well I'll share those with permission with owners um, even pets um, again um, send me a nice one make it look a friendly dog um, but you know just make it one where it's smiling maybe but you know what I mean um, be sensible um, you know don't um, yeah j just don't be silly really um, yeah. it's, it's probably not what you do it's what you don't do um, that knocks you out more um, because, you know, everyone starts off equal in my mm. mind. So, you know, the people that um, turn up and, and are nice and pleasant, well, obviously, you know, they move up. The people that don't show up um, and then ring me up and tell me that they want me to, you know, show it on Sunday morning, um, yeah, perhaps not. I'm not as accommodating because you haven't, you know, show me respect. So yeah. it's what you don't do, I think. It really is a job interview. <laughs> well, it's it got, is. It's got it that is. same thing, isn't it? Yeah. First impression really makes such an Oh, impact. it does. And, you know, treat it like it, you know, be professional, really. I mean, it doesn't matter what the property is and who you are. Everyone's got the ability to be polite and, you know, respectful and pleasant, really, um, minimum. Nice, nice. <laughs> Now, if an investor is out in West Auckland looking to buy a new property, what do you think they should be checking out or looking for to make sure it's a good investment? What, what are people wanting out west? Um, look, uh, uh, if you look at a lot of the properties traditionally out this way have been 
the typical Kiwi home constructed in the 60s and 70s. So in the main, they were three bedroom, one bathroom. And then you went out a bit further, perhaps Titarangi and Oratea and other places um, where Piha and all the, you know, the, the beach uh, coastal suburbs where you got more um, architectural type product, um, you know, bigger homes, um, bigger prices as well. Um, but what we've seen um, over the past few years is a real change. We're, we're going through a seascape change at the moment where we're seeing the rise of the um, the townhouse. So we're seeing the two-bedroom, one-bathroom, two-bedroom, two-bathroom, three-bedroom, one-bathroom, three-bedroom, two-bathroom, depending on what it is. Um, I'd say the biggest demand here is probably three bedrooms, so um, two or three. Um, when you're into one and you're into little studios or whatever, um, there is a bit of demand for that, but but not to the degree I would say that we get with the the families um, wanting to move here. So, and even bigger houses. I mean, we, we've got four, five, six bedroom properties where um, you know we put extended or generational families into. Um, but there's a point where you don't really get um, so much more money for so many more bedrooms because there's other things you need more bathrooms and more living areas and things like that. So, again, I would just encourage you to, you know, talk to someone like me and, you know, I can do a virtual appraisal for you. I can um, come out and look. I can drive by because I'm local. So, you know, just just ask nice. me. I mean, it's yeah, free yeah. of charge, you know. Brilliant. And if I switch that to a tenant, tenant going viewing to viewing to viewing what sort of things should be in their mind when they're looking to make sure that you know we don't want to keep moving because it's hard to get a place no. so what should they be looking for um well again if you you know have found that you have been moving frequently you kind of look at the reasons why that occurred and mm. perhaps try and eliminate those so you know you could ask questions like you know is this a, has this been a long-term rental property um, you know, are the owners intending to rent it out for the next few years? Um, you know, if I rent it for a year, can I get it for another year after that? Um, so, you know, look at things that might um, satisfy you that it's long term. Um, the other is taking on a property that you can afford and that you like, um, because if you sign up for 12 months, um, you know, it doesn't work for anyone if you're telling us after four months that, hey, we can't afford it or we don't like it. Um, so, you know, don't make hasty decisions because you are um, legally signing your up, yourself up to commit to paying money to us for 12 months of its 12-month tenancy. So make sure it's a good decision. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned the start, you know, you've got a team of staff. How do you support your staff? Because property management is, is an extremely busy role. Oh, it is. And, you know, the last few weeks uh, since anniversary weekend floods, um, we've had, we haven't had any major, um, you know, relocations of whole properties, but we've had lots of flooding and, and water ingress. So that's added extra stress to the team. Our, our approach is very team oriented. So we are a little fluid. If you need help, somebody will jump in and they'll help you with an inspection. Lettings are another one. Um, I do um, new business, but I tag team with property managers um, to, to, to do lettings so that we can maximise the shortest amount of time for people, um, you know, who are available to, to go out and see it. Um, and again, we communicate well. If you've got problems or knowledge to share, 
Um, I've got a really, really experienced property manager in my team with 19 years in the um, property management industry. So um, she's my tenancy tribunal litmus test because she's been there and seen it all. So, you know, I use, use well, hopefully they use me as well, but, you know, use and, and develop the skills you've got really is what, what I'm trying to do. Nice. And, and you've also got a sales team in your office. So how do you work yeah. with them to support investors? Well, in terms of um, appraisals, we try and do appraisals to help them with their sales campaigns. I talked to an investor the other day where they had a conditional offer um, where the guy was going to look at um, using it as a rental property. Um, so, you know, they trusted me enough not to, you know, muck up their deal, I suppose, by, you know, and I talk pretty honestly to the person buying it because there's no point telling them something that can't be achieved and setting people up to fail. So, and that works well with our sales team because they're very much in that mode as well. The other thing is, I suppose, um, you know, just sharing information with them so that they have that knowledge that they can then pass on. So if somebody says their property is healthy homes compliant, I, you know, talk to the team enough that they know what they need to look for to make sure that that is actually correct so that they can help have conversations with people that are selling properties um, that may be, uh, or buying properties that may be investors for rentals. Brilliant. Well, Kerry, it's been great chatting with you today. I hope the rest of your year is a little calmer than how it started. If people want to get in touch with Kerry, head to barfoot.co.nz forward slash Glen Eden. And Kerry and her team is all on there. And you can find out about renting or getting an investment property in the fabulous West Auckland, which we've heard today starts in Green Bay. It does. <laughs> Thanks, Kerry. Have an awesome okay. rest of your Thank day. Thank you, Stephen. See you later. Now, before we meet our next guest, I want to acknowledge that this is our 50th episode of Property Matters. A huge thank you to everyone that's played a part over the last 50 episodes. It's making me feel very old today, um, but we're absolutely delighted to be bringing this to you each week. We've had some gaps, obviously, with COVID and recording studio issues, but it's really cool to be bringing this to you and now available on all your favourite podcast sites. So a big thank you as we celebrate celebrate our 50th show and joining us now for the big 50 is Megan O'Callaghan who is the in-house advisor at Barfoot and Thompson to answer some of the wonderful questions you our listeners have sent in welcome Megan hi Stephen thanks for having me on the show great to have you here tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Barfoot and Thompson well I'm a solicitor who's qualified in New Zealand and I have a background in private practice and also in in-house legal as well. And my role at Barfin and Thompson is to assist the property management team with all of their legal queries. That would be pretty mammoth. So how do you keep yourself upskilled when it comes to all these changes in regulation we keep hearing about on the show? I always keep up to date with what's being put out there through the media, um, through RINES, um, which is our um, industry organisation that we're part of, also through the Law Society, if there's specific seminars relating to property management or um, residential tenancy law. And there's also things that come out, um, cases that come out through the tenancy tribunal as well. 
Brilliant. Well, look, we've had some listeners fire in a few questions. So here's the first one. As a tenant, I'm in a fixed term agreement, but no longer wish to stay in the home. What options or rights do I have to try and end the agreement? Well, you've got two options. Your first one is if you know someone who can take over your lease, you can request an assignment of your lease to that other person or people. And that would involve going to your property manager or to the landlord directly if they manage the property themselves and asking if they are open to you assigning the lease. And so that person then steps into your shoes and takes over the same tenancy on the same terms. Your second option is to ask for an early release from your tenancy agreement. Sometimes that's called a break lease. And that means that the landlord or the property manager will then advertise for new tenants and start off a new tenancy agreement with those new tenants. So if you're asking for an early release, they can grant that release subject to certain conditions. So generally, they will ask you to keep paying the rent until you until they find a new tenant to take over from you. And you'll have to pay any reasonable expenses that the landlord incurs in relation to reletting the property. So that could be advertising costs on Trade Me, for example, or the time uh, that a property manager takes to do new viewings and process applications for new tenants. Okay, cool. I'm just curious, Megan, if a private landlord's listening to this, what are their obligations if they get a request? So if they get a request, if it's an, a request for an assignment, so that's where the tenant suggests somebody, so some friends or somebody else that they know of who's wanting to take over their lease, you can't withhold your consent to an assignment unreasonably. So if that person uh, looked okay from the reference checks you'd done or you rung up and spoke to some their previous landlord and, and everything seemed okay, then you wouldn't really have a reason to decline accepting them. If it's an early release, however, so that's where the person's saying, I'm, I want to leave my tenancy and it's up to you, Mr. Landlord, to find new tenants, uh, then you have a bit more flexibility around the conditions you can attach to your consent. So that's where you could say, well, I'm prepared to release you, but I'd need you to pay another six weeks rent, for example, or you could say, I need you to keep paying the rent until I find a new tenant to take over. Right. So it's all going to be around communication, both parties talking really well. Yeah, now, that's right. Mike has written to us and he says, I'm a private landlord who is struggling with the massive jump in my mortgage and I can't pass that jump on to the tenant, but they are in a fixed term agreement. Is there a way out of this for me if I need to sell the property as I can't afford to keep it? Well, first of all, you need to have a look at how long the fixed term is due to carry on for. If you do need to sell the property, you do have the option to give them notice at least 90 days before the end of the fixed term that the fixed term will be ending on that expiry date, uh, that it won't be becoming what's called a periodic tenancy um, because you need to put the property on the market. So that's probably your first option, but that still means you've got to carry on until the end of that fixed term. Your second option would be to try and negotiate with them 
for you to be released early from this fixed term arrangement. And that might involve negotiation around perhaps paying their moving costs as an incentive for them to agree to this. Um, and then finally, if you can't agree, you can actually apply to the Tenancy Tribunal to request an early release from your fixed term on the grounds of hardship. Uh, but you would need to show some evidence of the financial hardship you, you were facing. And does that work both ways for tenants and landlords? They can go to tribunal if, on, on the grounds of hardship if, if something really has impacted them. Yes, that's right. So uh, during the lockdowns, for example, we had situations where the tenants perhaps had to quickly uh, move to somewhere where they could reside for the rest of the lockdown or um, move in with family if family were unwell. Things like that um, could could count as hardship. Cool. Now, over the last few episodes, we've been talking a lot about tenants applying for properties in light of the cyclones and floods. We've got a large volume of applications out there. Can you just let us know if a tenant's applying for a property, what information do they have to submit under the new privacy rules? Or I guess what information don't they have to submit? So under the new privacy rules, there's two stages to the application process. So the type of information that you can request from tenants uh, to start with at the first stage is fairly general. So their name and contact details, for example, uh, their how long uh, a tenancy term they are after. You can, um, you can collect information about their references, but you can't contact them until they have been determined to be a preferred tenant in the second stage. There's a range of information you can collect, but it is uh, when they get to the second stage, there's more information that you can ask for and you can contact their referees at that point if they've given their consent to do that. Now, this is optional, isn't it? So applicants could give all the information up front to save having to submit it later? Yes, that's right. Yeah, they can, they can give it up. make it easier for property managers too. Yes, that might make it easier for property managers. You're right. There's certain things that you can never collect from tenants. So anything that would be a ground for discrimination basically is information you can't ask. So you can ask for confirmation that they're over the age of 18 um, because that's the legal age for entering into a contract. Um, however, you can't ask the ages of the children living at the property, for example. Um, so I would recommend having a look at the Privacy Commission website because they do have some good fact sheets about this and guidance for landlords on there. Brilliant. Now, there are a number of fines for landlords if they don't do things correctly. What tips do you have for private landlords tuning in to ensure that they are meeting their legal obligations? So and I think one of the best options is to look at whether you, first of all, if you are confident to do this yourself, uh, mm -hmm. because there are there are fines which could be up to, for example, $7,200 if you don't maintain the property to a reasonable standard of repair or you don't meet the requirements for the healthy homes or you don't have smoke alarms installed correctly. Um, and then you can also be investigated by uh, MB or the compliance part of tenancy services, which falls under the MB umbrella. And the 
um, MB can also um, sort of impose notices on things that might need to be fixed um, as well as fines too. So I think a property manager is a good option because they, it's part of their job to be up to speed with all the regulations. Uh, if you are going to manage it yourself, I would recommend having a look on the Tenancy Services website. They've got a lot of good information on there. Um, however, it is general information, um, and I would just caution that it, you always need to be thinking about how it applies to your specific situation. It's it's not always a case with tenancy law that one size fits all because there's there's always a lot of different things going on. So there's probably some points on the owner's side or landlord's side and some points on the tenant's side. So that's where um, your property manager can help you get to a practical um, as well as a legal solution to some of these situations that might crop up. Brilliant. And finally, can you briefly explain what Healthy Homes is for many of our landlords listening are new to investing or about to get on their first investment on the wagon? Um, what is Healthy Homes in a nutshell? <laughs> so Healthy Homes um, is generally refers to a set of five standards that the government introduced to try and improve the quality of rental stock in New Zealand. So those standards are heating, insulation, ventilation, uh, drainage, um, moisture barrier comes under the drainage section as well, and draft stopping. Um, so those standards, there's particular things you need to do to meet each of those standards. And there's a deadline for complying um, with the requirements. Uh, all properties will need to comply by the 1st of July 2025. And then if you're starting off a new tenancy um, or you have tenants on a fixed term and they're renewing their tenancy, um, then that will also trigger um, a compliance date. So you'll have 120 days from the start of a new tenancy or when a tenancy is renewed to comply with those standards. Brilliant. Thank you, Megan. Thanks for your knowledge and expertise today. And to those that write in, we really appreciate it. You can email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz or send us a message through our social media pages. We'll let you carry on with your busy day, Megan. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Well, thank you for tuning in for another week. We're delighted to have you with us. We'll look forward to catching you again next week, either on Planet FM 104.6 on Mondays at 4.15 or through your favourite podcast sites such as Spotify, Apple or Samsung Podcasts or iHeartRadio. Remember, if you've got a question you'd like answered or perhaps you have something to offer in the investment or business space, email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. A big thank you to our guests, Kerry and Megan, today, to Barfoot and Thompson for sponsoring us, Adam, our editor, and the wonderful marketing team for getting our messages out there. Have a fantastic week. We'll catch you again next week.